0: morning. We have been studying about our gifts and we're going to continue where we left off last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you want to get out your Bibles and turn there with me, uh, we'll be studying from there in just a moment. Uh, So good to be with you today. Good to see you here. Um, We have a number of visitors with us. We want you to know that you're welcome. We have uh, visitors that aren't really visitors with us. We want you to know we're so glad to have you with us. Uh, definitely miss seeing the Bears and it's been good to have them back. Um, we've been studying a lot about uh, each and every one of us in the body of Christ. Our, our roles and our, our value in the body of Christ was really what we looked at last week, uh, that we all have gifts that God has given to each one of us and that our goal in life is to use those gift, gifts in a way that would glorify God. Uh, if you could just imagine a big high-tech machine where every part is critical and they're all moving together in harmony, uh, but they all have different functions, that's really a vivid portrayal of the church. That's the way the church is. It operates uh, much like that. Romans 6 verse 13 kind of mentions our, our members as being instruments that are supposed to be used for righteousness and not uh, darkness. And that's talking about the members of our individual bodies. But that's certainly the case in the church that we are all, we are all instruments. We are all uh, working members that have a function within the body of Christ. And God has given each of us a function. You remember what we studied last week in, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18 through 20. It says... But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. As we looked at that, I I pointed out that uh, you have a gift from God, and God chose you to have that gift and to use it within the body that you are in whatever uh, congregation you find yourself in, God gave you that gift to be used in that congregation and to assist and support the work of the congregation to glorify God and to bring about the transformation of the people around you so that we all together can serve God faithfully and shine a light for everyone to see and understand who Jesus really is. Now we're going to be looking at More of this text and kind of continuing to kind of the second part of this. And we're going to kind of see how God really um, didn't choose what was spectacular in the world, right? I mean, you think about, uh, you know, earlier in 1 Corinthians, he said, Not many noble, not many wise. Uh, not many you know, of, of, of noble birth or you know, great and superior people, the rich and the powerful, were chosen to be in the body of Christ, that, that God presented the gospel in such a way so that they would look at it as foolishness. And those who were humble, those who were ordinary, those who were plain would see it and grab for it in their humility, they would understand the need for the salvation of God and they would grab a hold of it. And so as we think about the body of Christ, it should be full of ordinary people. Uh, it should be full of people who are uh, not the most spectacular or the most uh, flamboyant and the most uh, you know, wonderful to listen to, the wonderful to look at. It should be full of just the common, ordinary folks, uh, that, are, that are from the world, that have, that have lived in the world, that have been broken by the world. And all of us together come in to the body of Christ and we're given enormous blessings and honor and riches in the spiritual realm and we're given gifts. And so as we come together as the body of Christ, we need to see one another as valuable to God, even though we're not maybe valuable to the world around us. And so there's this constant kind of pull uh, in our minds as we go out into the world and live among people of the world to think about certain gifts and certain people as great and spectacular, and then we come in here and we have to to change our minds and change our thinking to, to understand that it's not the way the rest of the world sees it. It's not that those who look the greatest and those who sound the greatest and those who appear to be the greatest are truly the greatest but that God cares for and he loves and he chooses the lesser. He chooses the humble. And so to use our gifts appropriately, we need to have the right understanding of God's intentions in giving the gifts. The right understanding of God's view toward the members with each of their individual gifts that we all have. Uh, Like that machine, there are parts within it that are critical that you look at them and you might not think they're anything special on their own, but they hold everything together. Whenever I worked as an engineer, there was uh, critical safety items is what we call them. Uh, Parts of the aircraft that if they broke, it's going to fall from the sky. There's no, there's no survivors, uh, especially helicopters, right, those, those rotating rotors. Uh, one of those bolts breaks, it's over, okay? And so you look at that bolt and you just think, oh yeah, it's a bolt. There's hundreds of thousands of bolts all over this aircraft, but no, this one is extremely valuable. Uh, And it holds everything together and keeps everything functioning and operating as it should. So we have to be aware that we have a tendency to overlook certain gifts. And instead, we need to understand how each gift is essential. And that's really the goal that Paul has as we study the text today. Let's read this together, 21 through 26. It says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which are more presentable parts, do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together." Now, so as you read through that, you get this picture and this this idea that you're needed, right? Every member is needed. Don't say to somebody else they're not needed because every part is vital. Every part is important. And so there's this picture of interdependence in the body of Christ that we rely on each other for survival. We rely on each other for growth and for uh, the work to be accomplished. Well, in the world we live in, interdependence is not easy. Uh, it's not the natural tendency to become interdependent with other people. Uh, there is some level of that within our families that we interdepend on one another and, and we work together, but that's falling apart. That's been disintegrating for quite some time. And there's even less desire to be interdependent within uh, you know, corporations, As you have employees that come in and go out as quickly as as they can, as soon as they get all they want, they leave and they go take care of themselves. That's that's the world we live in, a world of independence, a world of self-sufficiency. And so as we understand what Paul is saying here, he's telling us the body has been designed to become interdependent, meaning each part is relying on the other part. And one part can't survive and one part can't function without the working of other parts. And That's the way that we're supposed to be. Paul helps us see that we're strong when we rely on one another. Instead of thinking, I can do it all myself, we start thinking about how others can help us to grow and to become what we ought to be. You think about a hand in your body I mean, it can be extremely effective tool, right? I mean, the hand does so much, but you take away the eye. If the hand were to say, I don't need the eye, then all of a sudden, I have to, everything becomes ineffective, right? I have to reach around and find everything by trial and error. I have to fail, and sometimes I have to hurt myself in order to learn where things are situated. But having my eye in conjunction with my hand, I can be precise, I can be effective. I can accomplish great tasks when those two things are operating uh, in synergy with one another, interdependency on one another. They can help one another. If the hand is injured, the eye sees it. If the eye is injured, the hand can help it. And so there's this statement that he's making that we all together are vital and we must learn to work together. We must learn to lean on. And honor one another. And, and especially he focuses in on the lesser parts. That's interesting, isn't it? Who wants to say I'm the I'm lesser member, right? Nobody thinks we're lesser, right? But, but he says there are members that might appear to the outside world to be lesser. To be unimportant uh, or less important than other parts. And yet he's making this statement. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. They're indispensable. We can't live without them. They are. They are extremely helpful. Those who bestow, uh, who, who we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor to them. We think that they're more honorable than uh, they're given credit for. Because of the work that they do, the value of their function in allowing others to be freed up to accomplish their function. If if you have a limp and, and one side of your body doesn't want to work right, then the other side has to work extremely hard to make up for it. And so we are excited when all the parts of our body are working. And when there's a part of our body that we don't really think about much that all of a sudden stops working then we really start considering that. It's indispensable. We need that working again. We need everything to be uh, functioning properly. And so as we think about the body of Christ and what he's telling us about each of us within the body of Christ, we're learning that every one of us are indispensable, that there's not a single outsider here. There's not a single person who says, well, I don't belong here. Remember he said that last week. And there's not a single one of us who say, you don't belong here, or I don't need you here, but that instead we would see everyone as being a vital part of the community, of the family, that we would assimilate everyone who comes and desires to be a part of this body, that we would assimilate them, we would bring them in, we wouldn't have cliques or sections of the church that others can't get into. No, it's all of us working together for the common good depending on one another. And if you want to join us in that work and you're going to devote yourself to this and you're going to lift us up, we want you here. We need you here. And that's what Paul is trying to get across. And so that tells us that sometimes the opposite can be the case. Sometimes we can develop an attitude of I don't need anybody else or I don't need you in particular. Sometimes we can get this kind of uh, big mind about uh, certain gifts and certain abilities and we can think very little of other gifts and other abilities. Sometimes the world and their concepts of greatness creep in. As the world likes to glorify what is spectacular uh, and overlook the mundane, the ordinary, As we come together as the body of Christ, do we do the same? Do we lift up the preacher and think less about the prayer warrior? Do we lift up the caretaker and think less about the the cleaner or the organizer? I mean, what are we doing? How are we thinking about one another? How are we thinking about the different gifts that are within the body of Christ? If we think differently about different gifts... Paul tells us there can be damage, there can be division in the body, there can be hierarchy and pride in those thoughts that the world is training us to have about certain gifts. If you think that this person is the greatest, then you think someone else is the least. Instead of just understanding, we're all instruments that God has given gifts to that we are trying to use to God's glory. And instead of glorifying God, we glorify men. And this is going to lead to division, dissension, uh, disruption in the peace and the, the functioning of the body of Christ. And so we have to avoid this. We have to understand that this is going to be our tendency, and we have to understand that unity is going to be affected by this. We want unity. We want to be together, and we want to be effective in the work that we're doing. And we can't do that if we start thinking about certain gifts as greater than others. And I realize as a person who's standing up here in front of you every week telling you you know, what God's word says for 35, 40 minutes, that there's tendencies to lift up this position. I realize there's tendencies to lift up the eldership position. I realize there's tendencies to lift up the deacon position or to lift up uh, certain women among you who have taken leadership roles in, in various aspects of the working of the church. Leadership roles, you know, just in their nature are going to be lifted up as as greater, but the truth is that the role might be greater, but the person is not. The person is just like everybody else. God has gifted them and given them the ability to speak in a certain way, and we're going to see this in just a moment, and so there are some gifts that have greater effectiveness and have greater power within the functioning of the body of Christ, but Every single member is equal in the body of Christ. In fact, those who are not seen, those who are not paid attention to, God really exalts in the body of Christ. And He wants us to exalt them in the body of Christ. The least will be the greatest. That's the way Jesus preached and taught his disciples. They all sought to be the greatest, and he kept telling them only the least will be the greatest. Only the one who seeks to serve you will be the the greatest in the kingdom of God. And so we have to just stop trying to decide who's the greatest or pay greater honor to the one who looks the, the greatest or sounds the greatest or appears the most spectacular, and we just have to start lifting up Everybody, and embrace all the gifts that are within the body of Christ. And realize we don't say to anybody, we don't need you. No, we need all of you, every single member. We need more preachers. We need more elders. We need more organizers. We need more caretakers. We need more prayer warriors. We need all of you functioning and helping the body to become what God ultimately wants it to be. Just like in that helicopter I mentioned, that rotor is going to get a lot of attention, that big wing that just rotates. That little bolt (laughs) is the only thing holding that thing to the rest of the aircraft. It's just as important. It's just as needed. And so we need to value every member understanding a lot of members are supporters that are holding us all together. And helping us to accomplish the mission. It won't happen. If the supporters disappear, the rotor flies off, and we crash and burn. We need every member. You continue reading verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. Now this is interesting. As you read through this, obviously you've got this list that is composed uh, on the basis of a first century church... Uh, with miraculous spiritual gifts being given to a lot of the members. You have prophecy uh, being mentioned first, right? Uh, well, of apostles, then prophets, then teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing. So you've got all of these more miraculous. You've got teaching amidst them, uh, and and then you've got some more mundane kind of uh, administrating, helping, uh, and and things like that. And you got tongues at the very end, which is interesting because as we study through, we're going to see tongues were given a lot of attention by the Corinthians. They cared a lot about tongues. They thought that was a great a great gift that was given, uh, but. All of these gifts are a part of the body of Christ in the first century. And so he says, you are the body of Christ. Individually, you're members of it. And God has appointed these gifts in the body of Christ. And then he says, I want you to earnestly desire the higher gifts. Wait a second. I thought all of us were important. All of us are vital. Are there any higher gifts? Well, apparently there are. But... That's not the important thing. Notice at the end he says, I will, I will show you a still more excellent way. There's more to this, okay? It's kind of confusing. But he says there are some gifts that are higher than others. Why? Why are some gifts higher than others? Well, we've got to admit apostles are higher, right? <laughs> apostles are like the highest because they're the ones who have been divinely gifted to ex- explain to us... Who Jesus was and what he's done and what he desires from his church. And so we lift up those apostles as being the highest because they're able to provide the body with the most edification and the most understanding of what God wants us to do. Prophets are very similar in that way. That they're able to provide the the most building up of the body, which is what we care about. So there's the nature of the gifts. There are higher gifts. But that doesn't mean that the individuals uh, in the body are lesser if they don't have the higher gifts. And we're going to see that in just a moment. He says there's there's a more excellent way of looking at gifts. And if you go back and you remember in Acts chapter 9, Tabitha, also called Dorcas, uh, I mean the church is just falling apart because she's died. And she wasn't an apostle, and she wasn't a a prophet, and she wasn't a teacher. She was a helper. That was her role. That was her value in the body of Christ. And she did it with such passion and with such love that it made her great. In the body of Christ. And so in that, I'm trying to explain what's going on here because this is complicated. It's kind of a complicated text and maybe we don't understand completely. There are higher gifts that accomplish more edification in the body of Christ, more helping us to line up with the, the, the mission that Christ has for us. And we need men who have the ability to preach. We need that. We need men and women who have the ability to teach in a way that is going to build up the body of Christ to become like Christ. And those are high gifts. And if you're not desiring those, Paul says, you need to be desiring those. You need to be earnestly pushing yourself to try to develop those skills and those abilities. In the book of Hebrews, he says, by now many of you ought to be teachers. That there's this expectation, there's this desire inside of uh, God that, that we would develop even new gifts and abilities, that we would become teachers who are able to show others uh, the gospel and the truth about God's word, that are able to show others how to perform certain, uh, you know, charitable acts and helping and administering and serving. But notice as, as you read through this, as he says, I will show you a still more excellent way. He's pointing to chapter 13 a chapter that we usually just take all by itself and we use it all the time for various different reasons because it's very useful, a chapter that describes love to us. So he says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way and then he describes the more excellent way in chapter 13. And what he's saying is what we learn from Tabitha or Dorcas, that whoever you are, whatever gift God has given you, that you've pursued and that you've refined, I want you to pursue higher gifts. I want you to pursue uh, the greater building up of the body, but I want you to do whatever you do with love and with a passion and a desire to serve other people. So our identity, as he started off this, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Our identity in Christ is more important than our, our gifts, Okay? The fact that we're in Christ is the most important thing. And then all the gifts that we have, there's some that are higher, there's some that aren't as high, but they don't change our value in the body of Christ. Which gift we're allotted does not change our value. It's like saying, you know, husbands and wives, husbands are the head of the house and wives are supposed to submit to their husbands. It's like... That doesn't mean because I was born a man that I'm greater than a woman. No, there's equal value. There's just different roles and responsibilities within the home. And so the value isn't found in the role, but the value is found in the person who is using the role using it the right way, performing their gift in the right way. Paul here is trying to prepare us for a deeper reflection of what really matters to God. I'm going to show you a more excellent way. I want you to desire those, those, those gifts that are higher, but I'm going to show you something that's more important than having the highest gift. I'm going to show you something that's more important than you becoming a preacher or a teacher. And what is it? It's love. It's love. Verse 1 of chapter 13, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gained nothing. You know, at the end of the day, the greatness of our gift doesn't mean anything without love. doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter if you become the greatest preacher or teacher or uh, elder or whatever. Uh, The most spectacular gift you can have can be completely fruitless. So it's not about achieving greatness in gifts. That's the way the world looks at our gifts, right? That's the way the world looks at the external. We're not supposed to do that. It's not about that. It's about having love. And if we don't have love in our hearts, it doesn't matter how much we accomplish. Our works will be empty, devoid of meaning and of value in the body of Christ. And if our goal is for the body to be built up in love, to be strengthened, to be like Christ, then it doesn't matter if you become the best-looking Christian in the body of Christ. What matters is that we all together are showing love by using our gifts to build up the body. And if each each and every one of us are using whatever gift God's given us to build up the body with love in our hearts, then the body will grow and become what God ultimately wants it to be. I have to admit, it's really easy to not have love as you're performing the gifts of uh, speaking and teaching uh, God's Word. I'll say this. Whenever I first became, uh, you know, preaching and teaching, um, it was kind of nice to have everybody listen to me, you know. Uh, that's, that's kind of my young, arrogant self. I've been preaching for 10 years now, uh, and I taught Bible classes before that. I remember my first Bible class, I was teaching junior high kids. And I was just like, man, this is cool. I get, to, I get to learn all this stuff. I'm learning a lot more. Whenever you teach, you learn a lot more. And I get to explain this to other people, and they're listening to me, and they're looking up to me. It's like, man, this is great. Um, but as we, as we use our gifts, it can become about us. It doesn't matter what gift you have either. If you're a caretaker, you can make it all about you. If you're you're a a helper, if you're a cleaner, if you're an organizer, if you're a a maintainer and you're you're working on just keeping this building up and running and all that, if if you have the wrong mentality and you start thinking much of yourself and your responsibilities and your abilities, you can fall into this same trap. And you won't be building up the body of Christ because something will happen. You think more of yourself than you think of others. And whenever we start creating that kind of hierarchy system, there's going to be division. And there's going to be strife among the members. And so we don't need to take on a a, a certain responsibility and just think, I own it. And don't you mess with it. We need to think, I'm serving the body of Christ. And love is more important than me being glorified in my gift, in my ability. So it's very important that we see that there's a trap here that we need to avoid and use our gifts, whatever they are, to build up the body of Christ. What I'm saying is God wants us to value our relationships over our achievements. Our relationships are more valuable than the work that we accomplish And so if we think that we're going to pursue our work and we're going to step on other people to get more stuff done, then we failed. From the very beginning, we failed. Uh, And and Paul's trying to help us to understand that. As the body of Christ, we have to function together. We have to think of others as valuable and, and to appreciate whatever contributions they can provide. Uh, so what, what, do we, what do we need to do here? How do we need to embody all of this? This is a lot of information. How do we embody all these truths? Well, first of all, recognize you have a unique role in the body of Christ and pray for God to help you to see that. Maybe you've tried to do a lot of things and you failed at a lot of things and you don't really know what you'd be good at or what your role could be. Pray for God to help you understand that and, and pray that as you as you pursue something that you feel like you're gifted in, pray that God will help open doors for you to grow in that and to become what the body really needs. Pray not with a desire that you would be exalted, but pray with a desire that the body would be built up. And that should be our goal. And then step into whatever service opportunities you're given. Maybe it's something outside your comfort zone. Step into it. Trust that God's going to help you in that and pray. There's a lot of needs in the body of Christ, and perhaps you're gifted in something that the body needs and you don't even know it yet, but you see an opportunity. Step into that. Trust that things will work out, that you can have help and you can have patience from the members around you, and pray for God to help you in that. Also, please value the contribution of every part of the body of Christ. Please value them all. Please think about them all. You know, our tendency really isn't to, uh, you know, think less of other people. It's more so just to ignore them or to act like they don't exist. Think about those that you've ignored and build them up for the work and the contributions that they're putting in to help the body of Christ hold together the supporters, the encouragers, those who build up. They need our building up and our encouragement as well. And and most importantly, what we learn in all this is we need to build relationships with one another. We need to have love with one another, become interdependent, working together, and have the kind of relationship where we can go to one another and hold each other accountable whenever we're slacking. I need somebody to come up and say, hey, uh, what's going on? That sermon was garbage, you know, what's going on? (laughs) I need somebody who who has developed a relationship with me where they can say that and not really upset me at all, but, uh, you know, kind of get to the root of what's going on and maybe help me. I need somebody, I need, you need somebody who knows you that well, who understands, you know, how you should be performing, how you should be helping the body of Christ grow, and they see that you're underperforming, and you've got the relationship with them where they can come up and tell you. That's what we need in the body of Christ. To embody what what Paul is displaying for us as what the body of Christ is, we need to develop these relationships inside the body of Christ. So that's a challenge for you. If you're living independently of the body of Christ, to become interdependent and develop relationship with someone around you that's on that level. So in conclusion we need you. We need each and every one of you. Uh, And we need to be thinking that way about each and every person here. Uh, Even the lesser roles, we need to be thinking about them more and and lifting them up and valuing them. And we need to understand that we we belong to Christ Uh, and that there's uh, value in being in the body of Christ that's more valuable than being in the higher gifted positions. And that each and every one of us can use whatever gift God has given us with love and become more effective in building up the body of Christ in some ways than even the preacher can. So whatever gift you're given, at the end of the day, use your gift with love. Pursue it fervently to build up the body of Christ and demonstrate the love of Christ within you. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about love. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, that lesson. And we're going to talk about it with respect to the body working and us members loving one another rather than talking about marriage love, which is maybe the way 1 Corinthians 13 is typically used. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that study. I hope this has helped you uh, to think more about your gift and how you're using it. Uh, and, and if you have any questions or comments about that, I'd love to hear from you. Um, if there's anybody here this morning who is not a member of the body of Christ... Uh, You have an opportunity to put on Christ, to enter into the body of Christ, and to become a valued member with all the spiritual blessings that Roger mentioned in the Lord's Supper. All of those gifts are available to all of those who are willing to put on Christ and submit their lives to Him. If that's you and you know that you need to do something to become a part of that body, we want to help you in any way we can. If you are a member and you're struggling, uh, you've not been acting as you should or you've not really been uh, following Christ as you know you should and you need the encouragement, the building up of the saints here, uh, we will pray for you and we will help you in any way we can. Please let us know what you need. Come as we stand and as we sing.